0: Uh, wrapping up our series entitled All In, uh, as a uh, church, as Living Hope family, uh, we are uh, in the middle of a generosity campaign, but really it's our, our vision uh, campaign, us looking to be folks that choose to uh, live lives all in uh, for the Lord and his church. Uh, All in for our city, all in for uh, the children in our community, right? And and all in ultimately for Christ. And so uh, wrapping up our series this morning, looking through Old Testament characters and how there were folks that demonstrated a faith that was all in. Uh, And we're wrapping up uh, the series with the character known as Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah may be a fairly unfamiliar character to you, uh, in the, the scriptures as uh, Nehemiah was not a prophet or a priest, right? Uh, uh, he was just a normal dude, normal guy that God called out to be a part of a big work and to make an impact in his uh, community. And so Nehemiah chapter 6 is where we're going to be. Before we read there, let me just give you some some context. Uh, real quick, uh, of of where we find ourselves, what's going on right uh, in uh, the setting uh, there. Uh, Nehemiah uh, was uh, written right around uh, the fifth. Well, it took place right around the fifth uh, B.C. Right, uh, five, uh, fifth fifth century B.C. I should say. And uh, during that time, uh, the Persian Empire were the uh, uh, big bad wolves of the day. They were the dudes that uh, were in control of. Uh, the world. Uh, and so to put it in context, let me help you out a little bit. I know there was a, uh, a social media trend that's been going on here recently where uh, spouses, right, were uh, to ask their husbands or significant others were to ask their husbands, how often do they think about the Roman Empire? I've seen that track and maybe you did that yourself. Well, the Roman Empire took place uh, really right around, uh, you know, first century A.D. uh, for a while. And so backtrack several centuries and there you'll find uh, the Persian Empire. They're ruling and reigning. Right. And the Jewish people, uh, Israel, they are in captivity right uh, uh, by the uh, uh, the Persian Empire. And we see Nehemiah as a normal man that worked right in Persia, worked for the king, had a good job. Right, made a lot of money. He was the taste tester, uh, for him. And so basically his job was to taste the food and drink before it was taken to the king. Now it was pretty dangerous, cause man, if somebody tried to lead a revolt and poison the food, he was dead, you know, if he ate it. Uh, but it was a good job, a lucrative job, just doing his thing. Well, word comes that, uh, not only, right, is his city, uh, the city of Jerusalem in ruins, Right. The people that are still there, man, are uh, in turmoil, man. Folks are attacking, killing folks. And it says in Nehemiah chapter one that Nehemiah was broken over that and it led for him to pray and ask for the Lord. Right. To uh, show him what he needed to do. Which I'll go ahead and throw this in free of charge. man. it's a good reminder for all of us in here. Right. Usually the first steps in us living right outwardly, man, loving and caring for the people around us. Choose to be folks that share the gospel with the lost, man. Reach our neighbors. It usually starts, man, with being broken over them. Perhaps you in here, man, struggle to live outwardly because you really aren't broken for the people that are around you. If that's you, can I encourage you? Hey, man, spend some time asking the Lord to break your heart for what breaks is. Break your heart for the community of lostness. Break your heart for those, man, that may be in your family or around you that if they were to die today are going to spend forever separated from God in a real place called hell. Break your hearts for those that are new in the faith that are growing for you to invest in them. We see Nehemiah had a broken heart for uh, the people. Uh, we see in chapter two, uh, King Artaxerxes, who ruled in Persia, he let, gives him the green light, right, to answer the call that God had placed in his heart to go Right. And assemble a team to rebuild the walls there. We see chapter three that begin to take place. Right. A beautiful picture of the big C church, by the way, working together. Right. You had all kinds of folks, man, just normal lay folks, man, working together, accomplishing the task that God had called for them to do, which ought to be how the church operates. Not just my job, not just Pastor Greg's job, not just the deacon's job to do the work, man. It's all of us. If we're saved, man, we're all called, man, to take part in doing the work of the ministry here in the church. We see chapter 4, opposition begin to come, which we'll talk about here in a second, which pauses the work, man, he continues on after that. We see chapter 5, man, he uh, takes time out to invest and deal with a matter at hand, right? Nehemiah, as the leader, he doesn't just idly walk by as there's issues going on in his context. He steps in and handles it. And then we find ourselves in uh, chapter 6, where, man, he is close to the walls being finished, But we see some issues at hand. So Nehemiah chapter 6, if you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. We're going to read verses 1 through 9 together. If you don't have a a, a copy of God's word in front of you, the verses will be on the screen. You can read along there. Uh, But this is what the word of the Lord says. Nehemiah here speaking in first person here. And this is what he says says, it's now when Sambalat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arab, and all the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set up the doors and the gates, Sambalat and Geshem sent to me saying, Hey, come and let us meet together at Hacapurnum in the plain of Oh No. But they intended to do me harm. And I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it to come down to you? And they sent to me four times in this way, and I answered them in the same manner. In the same way, Samballot for the fifth time sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. And in it was written, it is reported among the nations in Geshem, Also says it that you and the Jews intend to rebel and that and that is why you are building this wall. And according to these reports, you wish to become their king. And you have also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. And now the king will hear of these reports. So now come, let us counsel together. Then I said, then I sent to him saying, no such things. As you say have been done, for you are inventing them out of your own mind. For they all wanted to frighten us thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will not be done. But now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. Nehemiah was, hey, he was close to being done. Hey, he was at third base, rounding third, headed home, man. He was in the fourth quarter of the work that God had called him to do, almost finished. But we see opposition take place here, right? These guys threatened to say, hey, look, hey, come to this place called Oh No. And Nehemiah responded, Sister Mary, by saying, Oh No, I am not going to Oh No. Y'all get that? Some of y'all get that later. <laughs> hey, hey, I ain't going to that place called Oh No. And he continued in the work that God called him to do. Hey, here's what Nehemiah did, Brother Rick. Hey, Nehemiah kept on keeping on. He kept on the work until it was finished. You may say, pastor, Earth, what, what in the world does this have to do with me what What has this got to do with me? Hey, some of you in here if we were to be, hey, if we were to keep it 100 today, man, hey you, hey you're, at, you're on the verge of quitting, you're on the verge of throwing in the towel, man, perhaps because of circumstance, on the verge of man, hey, quitting your marriage, on the verge of quitting, man hey, investing. And your kids, hey, on the verge of quitting uh, that job, on the verge of quit quitting what God has called you to do. But hey, the call for us, man, is to keep on keeping on until the work is finished. Conveniently enough, that's what I've entitled the message today. Hey, keep on keeping on, keep on keeping on for the Lord, man. Why don't we pray uh, together one more time? Lord God, again we come to you. Well, I just Ask and pray, Lord, that you would, uh, God, encourage man, the saints in the house today. God, I pray that we would choose to be folks that have a faith like Nehemiah <clears throat> and choose to continue to stay faithful in man, the areas that you've called us to be in, Lord. God, I pray for the saint in the house right now, Lord whose marriage is on the rocks, Lord. I pray that, God, because you've called them to death, do them a part that they'd keep on keeping on. God, I pray for the weary mother, weary father in the house that's tired of dealing with the kids, Lord. I pray that you would encourage them. Hey, you've called them to that and trusted them, those kids, so they keep on keeping on. I pray for that saint in here that's investing and serving you in this body here at the church, Lord, but wants to throw in the towel. And I pray that you'd encourage them to keep on keeping on, Lord. Mm -hmm. God, help us to be folks like Nehemiah that have an all-in faith and keep on keeping on. God, no matter the cost, no matter the circumstance that may come about in our life, God, help us to keep on keeping on. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. We see Nehemiah here, right? He was one who, man, kept on keeping on. Question is, how do you do it? How do you do it? Well, I'm glad you asked. Right? Good encouragement from Nehemiah 6, man, that we can apply to our life on how we keep on keeping on. Because as we know, man, hey, I ain't got to tell you, life's a struggle. Life is difficult. Circumstances come. We're we're part of a fallen, broken world. How do we keep on keeping on being faithful to what God has entrusted to us? How do we keep on keeping on being faithful to the task of serving Him and His church? How do we keep on keeping on? Well, I believe, man, Nehemiah's response here in chapter 6, man, gives us three ways in which we do that. The first way that we're able to keep on keeping on is this. Hey, we choose to remember that the work that we're doing is a great work. The work that we're doing is a great work. Look what he says. Nehemiah says it. Those guys say, hey, look, man, why don't you come down to, oh, no, man, this resort here, man. Take, Hey, take a little time off. You've been working hard, right? Context, man, they've been working close to two months. Took about close to two months from the start of the rebuilding of the wall to the completion of it. They're near the end. Hey, take a little break. Press pause for a minute. Relax. And Nehemiah said, no, way." This work is too great, too great for me, man, to quit now. And that's the call for us in this room. Hey, to understand that the work that we're doing for the Lord is too great. That word great in the original language is the word gadol, right? It, it means great. Doesn't mean great in terms of number, right? But great in terms of magnitude. So here's what Nehemiah understood and what we've got to understand too, that the, what God has called us to, Right. It's too important for us to quit. I believe I'll say that because I heard you, Brother Devin, I didn't hear anybody else. Hey, the work that God called us to, man, it's too important, too important to quit, too important to let go, uh, too important to surrender. We've got to remember that the work that we're doing is a great work. Here's the question, though. Why, why was it a great work, Brother Cliff? Why was it? I mean, in the world's eyes, what he was doing, man, was not great. He wasn't the CEO of some company. Man, he's working hard with his hands, man, rebuilding the walls, not getting paid next to nothing. He left his nice cush job back in Persia, man, to do what he was doing now. And then he's got to deal with these dummies, right? The the opposite, you know, this opposition, folks that are trying to keep him from continuing, He's got to deal with all that mess. He had it easy back where he was at. What made the work that he was doing so great? Why was he able to say that? Well, it's easy. He's able to say that man because God had called him to the work. Hey, that's what makes the work great—is that God called you to it? Hey, that's what makes the work right in you investing in your marriage. Great, because God has called you to it. Marriage, man, is an institution of the Lord. That's why it's so great. That's hey, that, that's that's why it's worth the investment. Hey, that that's why your your work is important. Investing in the life of your kids. Hey, not just passing them off for for somebody else to invest, passing the buck, if you will. But you choosing, man, to invest your time, right, invest your energy, even though they act a fool. You choosing to do that, man, because God has called you to it. He entrusted them to you. Man, that's why, man, the people that God has brought in your life, that you work with, that you go to the gym with, that you live by, right, your investment in their life is important because God has called you to it, called you to it. That's what makes it a great work. You've got to understand, man, that what we've been called to is a great work. Hey, you may say, man, hey, my, my marriage, it, it's its an obligation. Man, I signed a paper. You know, I know what the Bible says, man, till death do us part. Yeah, it's true. But you got to see it as more than an obligation. It's a privilege. Hey, the spouse that the Lord brought you, man, they're a gift from God. And so they're worth the investment. Your marriage is worth the work. The kids, man, oh, man, you miss, oh, those kids are an obligation. I got to take care of them under state law. Yeah, it's true, you do. If you don't, hey, you're in a mess. It's true. But the reality is, even more than that, they're a gift from God. And you, out of anybody in the world, think about this, out of anybody on earth, you have been entrusted, man, to be the... One that caretakes, that invests in them. That's what makes the work so great. Man, because the Lord has called you to it. Hey, the work that you're doing, man, serving the Lord here is an important work, so you can't quit, man. The work that you're doing, loving and serving your spouse is an important work, so you can't quit. Work that you're doing, man, investing in those that are around you is an important work, so you can't quit. What a privilege, we have to be able to serve the Lord. Hey, what a privilege it is to be a, be a part of, man. Investing in something that's bigger than ourselves. And so, man, don't quit. Don't quit. Remember that the work that you're doing is a great work. Colossians three twenty-three and 24 says it like this. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Hey, listen, friend, the work that you're doing, man, is too important to quit. Man, so keep going. Keep on keeping on. Firstly, we've got to remember that the work that we're doing is a great work. Hey, I know what you're thinking. Pastor If you don't understand, man. Hey, all, all, the, all the clothes that got to be folded. Man, all the smelly diapers I got to change. You're right, I don't understand. Hey, but it's worth the time that you stay up late, man, and have those conversations as they grow older and about life and the gospel. It's worth. Hey, the time that you and your spouse invest in praying for one another and praying man, for your children is worth. So don't quit and keep on keeping on, keep on keeping on. Secondly, we see here right in the text. Hey, second way that we choose, man to keep on keeping on, is that we choose not to retreat when opposition comes. Hey, don't retreat when opposition comes. Bible here says that, man, Nehemiah faced opposition four different times. These bozos, these knuckleheads, man, nice words, you know, for me to use here. These guys are, man, coming and attacking Nehemiah on numerous occasions. And it says, man, one of them, Ballack, came a fifth time. And what Nehemiah chose not to do was to choose not to retreat. Man, when it came, he chose, man, not to retreat. He understood that when he, because he was walking with the Lord and doing his work. The enemy was going to bring about opposition, man, to keep him from continuing the work. But he chose not to retreat. Some of us in here, hey, as soon as opposition comes in our life, man, we're serving God, man, walking with him. First side of opposition comes and we wave the white flag. Hey, God, until you deal with that mess, hey, I, I'm going to check out and do my own thing. And that, that ought to not be the way that we live, man. Hey, we ought to choose not to retreat, but choose to stand for him when opposition comes. You see, opposition, man, it took form in a couple of different ways here. Right. The first way that it took form was by way of temptation. You know, an opposition man, it, it takes form in by the way of temptation. By the way, I didn't even say this earlier, but you know, right, that as a believer, there is a real enemy that is looking, investing, right, to uh, looking for ways to steal, kill, and destroy. Hey, looking for, he doesn't give a rip about your marriage, doesn't give a rip about your kids. Hey, he doesn't give a rip about your witness. What he's trying to do is to destroy you, destroy you. And he's coming full board. And as you're walking with God, hey, hey, the opposition's going to come. And we see it, it comes, right, by way of temptation. We see it came by way of that in Nehemiah's life. He was tempted, man, to come off the work. Hey, let's hey, go to this place. It's kind of like a resort area, man, kind of far off. Hey, take a load off. Relax. We know that's how the enemy likes to work in our life. Hey, 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 you've had a long day. I know you don't need to, man, but hey, it's all right to look at that salacious material online, man. Hey, hey, you you deserve you go ahead and and let your feelings be made known, man, in a negative way to your spouse. Man, you deserve it. Man, you worked hard. You deserve that. Hey, hey, your kids, man, acting some kind of way, man, hey, they deserve the getting chewed out. They don't know what man I've done or what I've been through. Hey, and a little whispers, man. Temptation there. The call for us when temptation comes, man, is to not retreat. So easy to allow for temptation, man, to lead us to press pause, to lead us to check out. But hey, the work of the Lord's too important. It's too important. Mission of the Lord's too important. And so the call for you is to not retreat when opposition comes, man. Resist him and he'll flee. But all, not only do we see that uh, man, opposition came in the form of temptation for Nehemiah, and it comes in the form of temptation for us, but also comes in the form of telling lies. You see right there in the text there, Sam Ballot came a fifth time, man, and he wrote up this whole memo, this whole email, Sister Arlene, make sure it got sent to the king. Basically said, hey, Nehemiah and these dudes, man, what I heard was, hey, they're looking to start a a revolution. They're looking to revolt against the Persian Empire. Hey, hey, they're looking to start up a coup. And Nehemiah, man, wants to be the king of that place. All lies there. And in that moment, Brother Rick, what could have happened was Nehemiah said, oh, man. Hey, that ooh, that's too far, man. Hey, I, I know... Those accusations, man, can lead to my head getting cut off. So, man, let me just, let me go ahead and just quit this work. So maybe he'll, man, relent from laying all that stuff on us. But Nehemiah knew the lies that were being told. And he said, you know what, man? Hey, I I know what the truth is. I know who my God is. And so, man, I'm going to stand firm and going to continue this work. Some of us are allowing the lies of the enemy to keep us from serving him, man. Been coming for a while, but hey, you're believing the lie of the enemy that hey, you're too far gone, man, to serve him in the local church. That's why you hadn't served him in a long time. Hey, believing the lie of that man because you didn't have a good daddy growing up that you can't be a good dad and husband to your spouse and your kids. It's keeping you from being Faithful in that way. Some of you believe in the lie that, hey, that neighbor really isn't important, man. Somebody else will tell them the gospel. So, Hey, somebody else will invest in them. We've got to understand that those are lies from the devil. And we understand that they're lies from him by knowing what the truth says and choosing to walk in the truth. Hey, don't allow for the lies of the enemy to keep you, man. Continuing the work that God's called for you to do. Did you hear me? Hey, don't allow for the lies of the enemy to keep you from doing the work that God's called for you to do. Hey, don't retreat when opposition comes. First Peter 5, 8 and 9 says it like this. Hey, be sober minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Hey, resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. The enemy's prowling around like a roaring lion trying to get us to cease from doing the work. good news is he's not one. He's not a lion. There's only one lion, the Lion of Judah. They the enemy is a defeated foe. And so, bless God, hey, because we know him, we can say no when temptation comes. I'm thankful for that. Hey, because we know him, if you're saved, you don't have to retreat when he comes, when opposition comes. And you can choose to stand firm in him. That's what Nehemiah did. He didn't retreat when opposition comes. I know we've got a lot of military in the house. Hey, listen, you ain't retreating, man, when you're out there on the field. Hey, you're, hey, you're going forward. Progressive war, you're standing. And the same call is for us here. And don't retreat when opposition comes. And thirdly and lastly, and we're done, is this, we see it right here in the text, verse nine, right? How are we able to stand? How do we, how are we able to keep on keeping on? And the work that God's called for us to do, man, hey, we choose to run to the Lord for strength. Look at verse nine, make sure you know that I'm not making it up here. After Nehemiah said, hey, I'm tired of y'all lying on me. You've invented those things in your own mind. That's not true. He says in verse nine, for they all wanted to frighten us thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will not be done. But now, oh God, strengthen my hands. Wow, what, what a picture of humility there. Nehemiah, man, was almost finished building the wall, Brother Rob. Natural response would have been, hey, I'm just gonna pull myself up by the bootstraps and get it done. I, hey, opposition can come, man. Hey, I'll fight them off myself. I'm good. But hey, even Nehemiah, man, successful dude. Hey, dude that had worked hard, man, and got to a good spot. In terms of the building the wall, man, almost finished with the wall. Hey, he even he said, he even he understood, I should say. That, hey, I need the Lord's help to finish this thing. Hey, can I go ahead and give this to you? Uh, free 99. I know I usually say free charge. I mean, hey, I'm going to give it to you for free 99. Some of y'all get that later. Hey, give it to you free 99 here. It doesn't matter how many degrees you got. It doesn't matter how accomplished you are. It, hey, it, it doesn't matter how well the world sees you. It doesn't matter how many friends you got on social media. Hey, it, it, it doesn't matter how much you can lift in a weight room. Doesn't matter about none of that. We all are in need of the Lord's help. By the way, let me keep going. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter how much. Hey, how many memory verses you know? Doesn't matter how long you've been in the Scripture. The reality is, hey, we all need the Lord's help. You are not going to be able to keep on keeping on for him without the Lord. Nehemiah showed that here. He said, Lord, hey, strengthen my hands. I need your help. It was, it was a plea for help. And in the same way, us as believers, hey, we've got to choose to humble ourselves. And understand that we need his help too. It's so easy as a Christian, right? Because, it, it, you know, what we want to do is to have the appearance, man, that everything is good in our world. Everything's good in our life. And, and, and if we're not careful, we can actually, Brother Cliff, believe that facade, right? That all is good. That we don't need the Lord's help. When the, when, hey, when the walls are crashing down in our life, when the struggle is real in our life, what we tend to go to is, man, hey, let's pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, man, and, and we'll be okay. When in reality, man, hey, we serve a God, man, as Psalm 46 says, is our very present help in time of need that we can run to. We serve a God, man, who's our shelter, our shield, who is just, man, waiting for us to run to him, waiting for us to humble ourselves and understand that, man, hey, we can't keep on keeping on by ourselves. We need him. And choose, man, to willingly run to him for help. Hey, if we want to keep on keeping on, this faith, hey, we got to choose to run to the Lord for strength. Hey, you may be well accomplished, man. You may know a lot of word. I man, hey, you're not going to keep on keeping on without the Lord's help. And so choose to humble yourself and run to him. Oh, I don't need nobody's help. Yeah, you do. You need the Lord's help. And choose to run to him. Psalm 28 verse 7 says it like this. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exults, and with my song I give thanks to him. Man, May we choose to run to him, our shield, our fortress, our deliverer, and our very present help in time of need. May we choose to run to him. One of my favorite movies uh, growing up, and probably I'd say today, to this day, is that great old American film, Finding Nemo. Y'all remember that? you heard of? Good old American classic from the early 2000s. Uh, obviously, the premise of the movie is you know Marlin, that's right? a clownfish trying to find his son who's missing. And spend the whole movie trying to find him. Uh, while he's on his search, he meets a new friend named Dory, who uh, the friendship's more one-sided, more on Dory's side, right? Uh, we see, you know, she's a little of an annoyance to Marlon. But there's a scene in the movie where uh, they're swimming around, and Marlon has this mask. Dory's pestering him and causes him to drop the mask, which was the only piece of evidence and help him find his son. So, of course, Marlon's mad, lashing out at Dory in this scene here. Uh, And after that, Dory, the theologian, (laughs) responds, uh, right, and saying, hey, Marlon, you know, whenever I'm in trouble, or whenever I'm in trouble times, or when things are tough, you know what I've learned? Hey, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. You can envision the scene now, right? She's all pepped up and excited. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. I got to thinking about that. And I was like, man, hey, that'll really preach if you let it. Hey. When circumstances come about in your life, when opposition comes, man, the call for us as believers Hey, it's so just keeps one. Hey, just to continue in the work that the Lord has called for us to do. Hey, even though life is a mess, hey, now is not the time to check out on God and check out on your family, check out on your kids. Hey, choose to continue to be faithful to the work that the Lord has called for you to do. Hey, though times are crazy, now is not the time to check out in serving the church. Man, choose to keep on keeping on serving the church. Serving him at the end of the day. Hey, just keep swimming. We see Nehemiah do that. The rest of the book, he ended up finishing the work. End of chapter 6 talks about that. Right, He ended up finishing the work. Finishing building that wall. See remnant of Israel return there. See that Ezra the Evangelist in Nehemiah 8, man, he reads the book of the law. The people there are pierced to the heart. Nehemiah chapter 9, it talks about that. And we see really there through the end of the chapter, Sister Melanie, one of the biggest revivals in all the Old Testament take place. Hey folks, man, after hearing the law, reading the law, man, they, they were pierced to the heart. They realized, hey, we're not living right. We got to get right. We see it lead to one of the biggest revivals. Say, Pastor Irv, where are you going with that? Hey, Nehemiah's faithfulness. Man, to keep on keeping on and finishing the work, man. It left an impact. Left an impact. Hey, your faithfulness. Investing in your family. Investing in your marriage. Hey, it's going to leave an impact. Did you know that your life preaches? <laughs> it does. So the call for... Us is to keep on keeping on, man. Don't quit. Keep on keeping.